0: I wanted to get a deeper understanding of the culture, of the cultures that I was learning about beyond just, you know, just dancing and moving to music and, you know, and and, and looking cute and all of that stuff. It's more important than that.
1: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Hello guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Baladins Life Podcast How was your few last weeks? (laughs) Mine were really busy with summing up our rhythm intensive at the Yana dance club probably the biggest and most challenging intensives i ever did at my teaching platform but it was totally worth it we had the amazing eight weeks of diving into different rhythms common in ballad and songs but not just like here's the rhythm let's dance to it but did Many writing exercises, creating exercises Like trying to create our own rhythm charts uh, Drumming quizzes, breaking down songs Because this is the most pain point Many dancers do know rhythms But trying to identify and recognize them in the songs That's a completely different story So <laughs> we were approaching that And last two weeks I was uh, putting together all materials And summing up uh, everything that we did in one place So all members can review them again Or new members can join And uh, go through this intensive Although it's finished live version of it But that was quite an ordeal (laughs) Anyway, highly recommend for everyone Who struggles with the rhythm Because it's definitely one of the Most effective uh, training intensives On this topic And we put it together very thoughtfully With um, Pedro Bonato, drummer And he was doing a lot of Inputs and theory And breakdown of songs And talking about instruments And uh, talking about common mistakes uh, That dancers do in this topic So highly recommend You can check it out at www.yannadanceclub.com There is actually a 7-day free trial, so you can literally just check it out as well as other materials at the website and see if it works for you. But after finishing all logistic and organization work with uh, the intensive, I'm really happy to get back to editing podcasts and releasing them. And today we have such an amazing guest. Please welcome to our podcast family, Beautiful and talented Hasna, who is the founder and admin of the Just Ballet Dancer website, which currently provides event promotion, ticketing, and registration management tools, which are really cute. Since outside of her dance life, Hasna is actually an IT specialist, providing web solutions and maintenance services, and here she offers a really cool tool for ballet dancers, which we definitely discussed in the interview as well as common mistakes in advertising posts that she sees again and again also we talked about her dance experience and journey hasna has tried her creative energy in a few arenas of middle eastern and north african dance and has explored fusion dancing as well but her passion lies in egyptian style belly dance also hasna is a member of persica dance company and asmara Ballet dance initiative dance is definitely her passion and inspiration in life and she brings fluidity grace elegance and passion to the stage and makes it her mission to leave a memorable footprint with each performance very inspiring talk a lot of memories and experiences that shaped Hasna as dancer and teacher today And I'm absolutely sure it will inspire and uh, bring you some sparkles (laughs) in terms of rethinking the direction of your dance journey. So, a cool combination of inspiration and some practical tips, and here we go, let's dive in the interview! Hello, dear Hasna. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, very uh, happy you're now part of our Beladen's Live podcast <laughs> family, and thank you for taking <laughs> taking time and joining us today.
0: <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Ayana. I appreciate the opportunity, for, uh, and uh, I'm very happy that you reached out to me and and lend a voice.
1: I would love to start from the very beginning because it's always so interesting to know like the beginning of everyone's story so how did you got involved in the world of belly dance and maybe you remember your first uh, uh class or your first experience of learning some belly dance movements
0: <laughs>
1: yes um i am with belly dance
0: from a pop-up class that showed up at a YMCA Um, I was living in Washington State in the United States Um, and at that time my husband was deployed overseas in Iraq and I had two small children with me and I would take them to the YMCA um, for different activities and I would also take a few dance classes there and you know go swimming and things like that and then that class happened to show up. And I said, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll go and, and, and take that class. And when I took it, I had so much fun doing it. Um, I remember my teacher's name. I don't remember her last name, but I do remember her first name. It was Wendy. Um, and she, even to this day, looking back, she was a very good teacher. And she was uh, a professional, um, of course, and what she was doing. I wish I could connect with her again. I I, I never ever talked to her again. After um, a, a few weeks after that class, I, I was never able to find her, but um, she gave really great instruction. And we also did a performance for the YMCA after the class. Um, they had a recital for all the dance classes. And, and it was, it, it was, such an amazing experience, even then with the, I think we had eight ladies in that class. And we formed a bond instantly. <laughs> Just from being in class and doing the performance, um, Wendy took us to the recital and she took us to a, a community hofla. That was my first experience with the hafla way back then. and And back then I had no idea what any of all of that meant. Until and then I found out, you know, as I got more involved with the dance, what hafla's were and the significance of them. And um, I forget that experience. Um, It was a a positive one. It was. um, Liberating a a little bit because uh, it it opened my eyes to a different form of dance that I had never seen before, but I really liked it. Um, And a funny thing. (laughs) There, I had come across a song, the song that we performed to at the recital and the Hafla. Um, I had come across a revision of it, uh, actually, an edited version of it, a remix, if you will. Um, and I recognized the song, but for the life of me, I could not remember where I'd heard it before. And I happened to come across it with an, uh, one of the members of uh, a troupe that I belong to and, and she happened to play it and she's like, oh, I know that you listen to this song. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's the song that I've been listening to this whole time. It was a remix, and it would only play a partial part of the song. And I could not remember it for the life of me where I heard it from. And, and And she played it for me. I was like, that's where I know it from. I knew there was more to this song. And then I happened to revisit a DVD of the recital, and that song was playing. And it brought back all of the memories of that experience that I had. Now, I didn't pursue belly dance. Further after that, um, uh, you know, I just kept taking different dance classes at the YMCA, but I had never forgotten it. And I moved away from Washington and went and lived overseas in Germany for two years. Um, but um, belly dance was still on my mind, but I I never found Anyone over there? You know the circles that I was in. I didn't find anyone else who was teaching it, and I didn't really actively pursue it. There was a lot going on in my life at that point. Um, but I came back stateside two late two years later, and something in me was like, "I'm gonna find belly dance again." Um, I really liked it, and I go and find it again, and I did. And I looked for a studio, and um, and I stayed with that studio for. I think it was almost two years where I I learned a lot of different genres of of belly dance, if you will, because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learn isn't actually belly dance in the term because you have the different folkloric dances that I don't consider belly dance. Um, but I, I was taught a lot of those dances and um, I learned the moves. But at, at that time, a lot of it was um, superficial. It was, it was just only scratching the surface. And um, I didn't really have the cultural connection through those learnings. And I had left that studio pursuing more and looking for more. Um, I think I found that one in 2010, And then I left around 2012 to to, you know, spread my wings and 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 get a deeper learning of belly dance. Uh, I'd I'd say about three years after that. uh, I I, I moved around to different festivals and different classes, um, different teachers um, throughout the United States and um, uh, and different countries. In uh, 2015, I believe, I went to Egypt, and Ayanna, that was the most influential experience that I ever had in my life regarding dance and belly dance. and it, And I'm emotional now about it. It shattered every single idea that I had about belly dance and it and when i left there i knew nothing at all i knew nothing everything that i knew was a lie um i had been influenced a lot by the western view of belly dance and when i went to egypt that was it was so eye-opening and it was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen. To experience that, and one thing that really stuck out for me, we went on this trip um, with a group of friends, and luckily we had um, Egyptian friends that were, um, you know, um, within our group who guided us and and showed us everything and and helped with the language barrier, and and taught us culturally. Um, but one thing that really stood out—actually, well, two things—with uh, that trip, we were riding on the bus um, to go to Khan El Khalili from the hotel that we were in, and we were—you know—we were riding with um, Egyptian dancers, instructors, artists, mixed up, you know, in the bus, and we were all in the back of the bus, and. They started singing these songs and clapping and dancing and just having a real you know, acting silly and having a really good time. And I looked at this and I saw them and and I said, you know, that is something special that you will only ever, ever really understand and be able to do if you grew up as an Egyptian. And that was a powerful moment for me and and really peeled my eyes back to my lack of learning and awareness about what was involved in the dance. I love that moment for what it was, and I remember it every single day of my life now because it was so deep and so beautiful to watch them sing, and bond and connect with each other with these songs that we didn't know because that's not how we grew up. Um, and you know, I and I went to the home of a famous Egyptian artist. Um, his name is Hussein El Azabi. and. God rest his soul, he recently passed. Um, and, um, and I I was able to see the art that he created and spend time with him and other Egyptians. I mean, I was among people like um, uh, the, our friends were the Badia, Samra, Al-Nil, al Koli, Ishmael, Abdallah Saad, those moments that I had with them were so powerful and so moving. Um, and, and to see their art and to be able to experience just casual conversation and, and everyday life with them was beyond moving. And when I left Egypt, I I kind of peeled back a little bit from valley dance because it changed my perspective so much that I needed to reassess what I was doing and and how I was approaching the dance. So, you know, I kind of fell back a little bit um just to reassess what my goals were and 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 what I was doing and how I was moving. And I wanted to get a deeper understanding of the culture, of the cultures that I was learning about um, beyond just, you know, just dancing and, and, and movement and, and and moving to music and, you know, and, and, and looking cute and all of that stuff. It's more important than that. Um, it's very important to have a cultural connection with this dance. you you miss out on so much when you don't. You must connect with the culture to have the richness that you need to be able to express and emote with a song or or any type of creative aspect that you do. It's absolutely important to connect with the culture. and um yes.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm just, uh, there is a lot of things that I already like want to ask and dig deeper, but um, your first trip to Egypt, was it for a dance festival or was it just to explore Egypt uh, like with a group or I don't know, friends and then you connected with local dancers here? How was that experience that... um, Because many dancers do travel to Egypt, but not many of them have this experience like you had. That's why I was curious, like, what was the setting of this uh, uh, trip for you? Um,
0: Well, I had been to Egypt before, but it was not in a dance setting. It was actually, um, I had traveled because I was in military before and I traveled for an exercise to Egypt. So I did experience it in a different perspective But as far as it was my in in 2015, it was my first dance trip to Egypt. Um, And um, yes, it was for a an organized dance festival. It was um, Leila Miserayev with Ala Bolela. And it it was in. Cairo, Egypt, that we went, and um, there were many different instructors there, um, well-known instructors: um, Hassan Sabir, um, Sayed Ismail, Hassan Khalil, Aladin Alkali, um, uh, um, uh, and quite a few. There were so many people there; it, it, it was so amazing, and it. We stayed at um, the hotel. Oh, boy. I can't for the life of me remember
1: the name of the hotel right now. But. <laughs> no, it's okay. You already, I'm impressed. Yeah. You already remember so many details. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but, um, yeah, we went there for a festival. Um, and it was a week. I believe it was a week to 10 days. Actually, I think it was 10 days that we were there. And. Even not even being there with the festival, just being there and experiencing it was amazing. Um, It's you, you can't get that anywhere else. You have to go there. You can't get that, you know, just viewing it through the computer or. Or looking at it on movies or anything like that, you have to go. It is life changing.
1: What for you was the um, biggest surprise in terms of differences, what you saw as ballet dance in Western culture or like, I guess, in US, uh, learning ballet dance and studying this? And then in Egypt, uh, what was, in your opinion, for you was the main, like, Difference that really influenced you? Uh,
0: the, the biggest difference was movement and connection with the music. Um, there's a different way of timing and flow in between the Western way that I was taught and seeing it in Egypt. The timing and flow it was very different. Um, it, <laughs> the musicality it was different. Um, the 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 emotion and connection with the music was different. Yeah, um, I, I know it, it, it's
1: very it, tricky it, to talk about dance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, it is. <laughs> um i I think on the western side uh there's more of an inclination to dance to the beat rather than to the instruments and voices and the melody of the music um and uh, yeah i think that's the biggest difference that i noticed it's really about connecting with the music and and the motions and the fluidity of everything being put together was very different for me
1: hmm. when you came back from Egypt you mentioned that you took a little break from belly dancing to review like your approach to the dance um, what was that turning point that you felt you want to come back and how was your following journey uh, different from what it was before uh
0: so when it when i say that i fell back it wasn't that i had stopped um it was more like i was less in the public eye um or or, or not really so much trying to be in the public eye because i felt like i knew nothing so you know i what i, I shouldn't be out here doing this when i feel like i i don't need. Everything that I knew was a lot. so I just started taking more classes um, and traveling and and learning what I could with with the time the schedule that I had and um, and and the funds that I had because <laughs> uh, that's always an issue for everyone, right? You know the funding we want to do all the things, but our our bank account doesn't allow us to do all the things. Um, but um I, I just decided to take a, a deeper look in into the dance and the culture. And, and I started taking classes more with uh, instructors that were of the culture rather than outside. Um, that was important to me. And I didn't really stick with anyone in particular because I, I, I like to learn from different people. I don't want to get Stuck in thinking one way is the right way because you never know if you resonate with someone, if their movement resonates with you, or if their teaching style helps helps you learn better. Um, so that's one of the you know I, one of the things that I always try to do is to learn from different people and not stick with the same person. Um, the, the the opportunities are. Way too to to get stuck like that. At least for me. And so, I I, I continue to pursue my studies in the dance. And I, you know, I it it was very hard for me in the beginning because I was used to dancing a certain way. So getting used to dancing, um, the more appropriate way, or I guess you said the more traditional way of dancing. It took me a while to um, get used to it. And I'm not even, I, even now, I feel like there's so much more that I need to learn. Um, I have trouble. I shouldn't say I have a trouble, but so I, I prefer not to call myself a professional dancer. It may sound silly, but um, I feel like there's still so much more to learn that I kind of feel awkward calling myself a, a professional dancer. Um and you know, I my my pursuit of dance, my goal is was never to be famous or you know on, on everyone's mind or you know on, on everyone's screen. It was to enjoy this dance for what it is and and the cultures and and learning uh, as much as I could. If I could take dance opportunities in between, I would. But it was never something that you know I'm trying to get on the, the dance circuit and teach. Not at this time. It may be sometime in the future, but um, it's not my focus. My focus is really learning about the culture and enjoying it for whatever it is.
1: Hmm. I know that you also had a, a chapter in your dance uh, journey that you were really into exploring uh, tribal fusion. Was it before or after Egyptian trip? <laughs> That was that was before, um, and and that's that falls
0: into a lot of what I was speaking about before. Is I I actually you know I was under the impression that fusion was belly dance, and then <laughs> well I shouldn't say it, 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 it's a derivative of belly dance, but I I had the thought that it was what belly dance was, and going to Egypt and seeing what I saw. Um, Really fixed my vision there um, but yes i I was into fusion dancing. it wasn't really so much tribal fusion, but it was more of mixing dancing and um and it, using music that wasn't traditional belly dance music uh, but i i I still do a little bit of that, but i I am more into rock sharky egyptian style dancing and um, like i said i i had been taught many different dances but my focus now is to really connect what i've learned physically with the social aspect of it and the cultural aspect of it on a deeper level
1: Mm. Uh, for someone who may be interested in connecting more with the culture and researching more uh, what would be your suggestion how to approach it? Uh, is it just by traveling, or is there any other ways, especially now <laughs> that travel right. is a little bit tricky sometimes? Um, uh, but, like, what would be uh, your um, maybe you can share some of your like stories and ways how you uh, were digging into that direction? not only by traveling to egypt but i sh- i'm sure you probably were continuing your study and the culture exploration while you were not in egypt too <laughs> right
0: um it's imp- important important to connect
1: with people who are
0: of the culture as, um, as much as you can uh, because r- really that's where you're going to get a information from um now that we have Zoom and and, and and all of these online um, avenues where we can take classes, it makes it a lot easier to take classes with um, various instructors. Uh, it's much easier now than before. You don't have to travel as much, although in-person classes tend to be much better than the Zoom classes because you're up close and personal and, and you can see better detail. Um, some other things that I've done uh, was take some courses with um instructors who are of the culture um their offerings like um uh just teaching about the oriental dance or for folkloric dances in a in a class setting i i did one last year uh with the oriental folk dance teachings with uh Tamir Hiaziz and it was um it it was very informational and it gives it gives you the meat and potatoes that you need to be able to apply to the dance and it and it gives you the history of how the dance formed and you know you learn the history of the dances so that you can get a very good understanding of why the way things are, how the thing, way things are and how they should be. Um, some other things that I've done, uh, let's see, other than taking the courses and, and connecting with uh, the instructors of the culture, you know, you can you, you research online. There are plenty of sources. Um, there's there are websites galore that have information um a lot of us know about shira.net she has a plethora of information on her website as well where you can read up on it there are books that are available online to purchase um i uh, I know there there are quite a few on amazon even in kindle version that you can read or, or electronic versions um yeah, there's there are books, classes, personal re- or not personal, but resources through personal interactions that um, can take you in, into a deeper understanding of of what you're doing and what you're learning about and the people that are around you.
1: Mm-hmm. How important uh, do you think is uh... Uh, learning folklore for someone who may actually be more interested in just belly dance raksharki (laughs) (laughs)
0: um i think it's extremely important because it's 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 almost intertwined into the belly dance world you cannot avoid folklore dance in this world it it, it's a must if you're Going to be in belly dance, it, it would behoove you to learn the folkloric dances, um, and and those things will also help you in the rock sharky side of of belly dance. I don't think that they are they're separate to, per se. Um, I think they do influence each other.
1: Mm. I also want to come a little bit earlier uh, in our conversation uh, because there was a very interesting comment that you did uh, about your first uh, hafla because you mentioned that you uh, discovered the significance of haflas only later and that brought my attention because I'm pretty sure many of our listeners may be curious, like, well, but what is significance of half-life? Just maybe a fancy name for a student recital. So can you share like what for you was the um significance of that kind of events and uh, um how your approach like shifted to them? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, so haflas to me, are a way for uh, a community or a group of people to come together and, and celebrate the dance and express themselves freely. Um, uh, it's important because it, you build bonds at haflas. You also you, you learn different things from different people and you also get to um Practice even—it's not necessarily a show that you're putting on, but you also you just practice moves that that you've been wanting to put to that you've been wanting to display
1: and put together, and and exercise. It's also interesting how you first put halfless connected to the connection between people and community. um because i remember even some of our other like guests on the podcast where i commented that actually like traditionally half it's not about performing it's about dancing together (laughs) and it's about connection so knowing it or not it kind of feels uh, uh if you let it let it get to you like uh not only on the logistic way like oh i have a performance but if you let to uh atmosphere absorb and of course if organizers will allow to to this atmosphere to be created that halfless indeed they are more about connection and community rather than performance <laughs> yes. yeah i also know that you are taking uh currently your dance journey not only in terms of exploration but also uh, helping to even, um, let's say, logistically uh, host the space for uh, those events, including Halfless, uh, to be present and more popularized. Because one of your resources that you are hosting is the platform for event announcements.
0: Yes, that that is Just Belly Dance events.
1: And... Um... For Just belly
0: dance came about because um, I noticed uh, a few years ago we have social media and we have a lot of people posting um, events that and there wasn't really an an organized way to find the events and and search for them. Um, and there wasn't an easy way for, uh, for event organizers to pr- promote their events. The other thing that caused me to create Just Belly Dance was the fact that um, there are other platforms out there that, that provide um, the, the same thing that I do, but they charge a lot. And, and, and it, it's, it takes a huge chunk out of people's profits, when they have to pay these high prices for these other platforms, so I, I wanted to create a space for people who weren't really interested in paying those high prices. Um, I wanted to create a space for them to be able to list their events without having to worry about that amount of a uh, high amount of money coming out of their profits. Um, the, the, there were a lot of reasons why I created just ballet dance um it, it there it, I saw the need there it, it there was uh, I can't find the word that I'm looking for it if it, it just seemed like it was very tough to find events out there and also be able to list and and have a ticketing system that wasn't taking a whole lot of people's money um And with Just Belly Dance, you can list your event and promote it. And you can also use it as a ticketing system to um, register people for classes and workshops or seminars, whatever you're holding. um, You can register your people on your um, I'm sorry, you can register people for your event on Just Belly Dance events um you can also collect registrations for show show participants um it's it's a place that helps you manage your class organization it will tell you exactly who signed up for what and and where um it provides discount codes and and newsletters and things like that. Um, it's a work in progress. It has been a huge labor of love. Um, it's a job that's never ending. The site will always, you know, have updates and improvements as it goes along. And, and I work with event organizers to um, create the site and, and features that are beneficial to everyone. Um, and so far, Just Belly Dance has processed almost $10,000 worth of uh, event ticketing through the system. Uh, We've done over 50 50 events that have used the ticketing system or used it to feature their events on the site. Um, I do event promotions um, and run ads on social media to help broadcast the events that are being um, listed on there. Um, I try to work with everyone who who uses the site, if they have any suggestions or if they have any issues, you know, I, I try to take care of them it's as soon as possible. But the site is really there to help people um, who don't have the resources to um, organize the events that they have um, in an efficient way. I know that there are a lot of... Uh, instructors or event organizers who are piecing together uh, their event logistics and I am trying to create a way for people to easily do that without having the headache and and the multitasking that makes it incredibly difficult to um, to manage uh, sanely <laughs>
1: mm. I definitely can confirm that it's a huge labor of love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can even say from my own experience, because many years ago I was trying to put, it was not like this, it was just a dashboard, like a calendar of events. But even monitoring that website after like a year, I just gave up. I was like, I can't, I cannot invest time like and like energy on like, uh, because it's a lot of work that is, not really seen <laughs> um, and for you i may be mistaken but i think um your other profession not ballet dance profession not dance profession is it somehow related to it services or i'm completely wrong here <laughs> No, that, that's true. I, I am a, um, I'm a bit of a geek. <laughs> so that's awesome. Like, I mean, for dancers, it's so cool. It's a professional <laughs> creating a platform yeah. that they can already use. You're working a lot with different organizers, and you even mentioned that you help them running ads uh, to promote the events. What do you see as a recurring mistakes that organizers do again and again in the attempt to promote their events
0: um, there's a, a a lot of information gets left out um that I noticed uh let's see uh, I noticed that uh, sometimes people forget to include things like you know the time or where can people can purchase tickets or to purchase tickets or register or 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 things like that. Um, I think we tend to go into it uh, with the eyes that we know all of the information often forget to inform everyone else what the information is. Um, I, we tend to be overzealous in in announcing our events and leaving information out but yeah um, th- there are little bits of information that I see that people leave out um, that really inhibit others from connecting with them and and getting all of the information that they need to be able to participate in their events. Um, I, I can't really think of
1: uh, any other ones right now that hmm but even this one, it's related not only to events, but any physical services, like schools and professional, like dance services, performances, because it's so often you open, like, whatever website or social media, and then you kind of need to search, okay, it looks interesting, but where exactly is it? In which city or country? <laughs> so I... Right. I yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, um, that's important too. Uh, uh, one other thing that I do notice that people leave out is also their time zone that has become very important now, especially now that we're using online so much the time zone is, is so, so very important. And, um, there have been times where people have shown up to events too early or too late because the time zone wasn't included in the information right I think that's one of the ones that that trips a lot of people up the most
1: <laughs> right now yeah and uh, uh personally for you, how this current not current current and recent uh events that uh with lockdowns that really shifted us all into online space even more uh than before how did they influence you and uh, where you were in terms of your dance uh, journey and dance approach at that time then ever since just was starting. Oh my goodness! Let
0: me tell you. <laughs> well, ever since this pandemic started, it was like it was an explosion of events everywhere, and classes, and workshops, and and virtual shows, and and all of this stuff. And it was it was fantastic because, um, you know, we could now take classes with with people that we could only dream of taking classes with, or or could never get to, uh, for one reason or another. Uh, For me, one of one of the people that I was so ecstatic to take classes with when she finally did go online was Amar uh, Garcia. Um, I absolutely adore her. And I almost fell out of my chair when I found out that I'd be able to take classes with her online. Because, you know, I had asked her before um, if she if she ha- if she was going to do it. But this was before the this was this was pre-pandemic era, you know, where it wasn't really heard of doing classes online. But, um, yeah, when she finally did go online, I was over <laughs> over ecstatic, so happy. And I did get to take um, a few ca- uh, classes with her before
1: she um, went on hiatus for um, other reasons. Hmm. And uh, how was in terms of uh, uh, just Ballad events, uh, was it the very rapid switch to like super online uh, uh, mega list of workshops or events or was it uh, in the beginning very confusing for people what to do and how? Like you as a host of the website, you probably noticed certain uh, trends There were
0: yeah, there was a little bit of an an increase in what was being listed on the site. There wasn't a huge increase, Um, uh, but uh, you started noticing more online classes rather than um, in person classes. Of course, with the pandemic, that's that's that was probably what was on the site.
1: Also, along with this uh, project, you're also part of uh, ASMARA experience. Uh, yes, I am. Can you tell a little bit about this uh, project uh, to, to our audience?
0: <laughs> yes, the ASMARA Belly Dance Initiative is um, a nonprofit organization that I am a part of with uh, for other ladies, that is uh, Sabia Nayeli, Maya Williams, Khadija Smith, and J.C. Smith. We came together uh, to create uh, opportunities for disadvantaged and marginalized dancers to be able to find um, other dancers like them and learn from dancers of the culture, as well as have representation and opportunity to take classes and teach in a safe and comfortable setting that um, will allow people to be able to to express themselves without feeling like, um, you know, like they they have any scrutinizing eyes or just, you know, so people can feel comfortable learning about Belly dance and 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 um, Middle Eastern, North African, Hellenistic, Turkish dance, and 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 not worry about um, their physical appearance and um, how would it affect them while they're trying to learn and connect with other people we're really trying to create something where we're elevating people as well as helping them along and fostering a community and and services and and putting help out there wherever it's needed.
1: Mm. It's interesting that you're talking about like this experience because of uh, it's interesting because of contrast. We're talking about those things and at the same time we're talking about how supportive and all inclusive Balladins community is. Isn't that interested let's say (laughs) right because i feel like that i think there is the hope
0: and expectation of how things will be on one end and then on another end there's what's actually happening because people you know will say that they they want to include everyone and and keep it an open space but a lot of times that's not really what's happening and it may not be the the, the, the same people who are, are saying that, that they want it inclusive, but um, sometimes even the same people who say that they want inclusivity are not breaking down the obstacles that are creating the barriers that that don't make it all inclusive. It's uh, the, There are people who turn the bl- a blind eye to the things that are, are happening and um and, and is making it very hard for other people to enjoy and and just exist plainly.
1: Mm. Uh, what was the um I don't know, maybe most uh, uh inspiring uh, experience so far of uh, um putting together this um Asmari Initiative project?
0: Oh yes, always and um it, it, we, we've put on t- two events so far. Actually, we have one coming up this weekend, the Ex- ASMARA Experience Volume 2. Uh, but ASMARA Experience Volume 1 was successful, and, and seeing it happen the way that it did, um, and knowing what happened behind the scenes, and still come out with a, 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 su- a successful event was um, a great milestone for us and and it and even completing an event is is inspiring because it lets you know that you can continue on and, and do it again um, every time that we come together, we make magic happen um, you know the, our our group is bonding in strong ways doing, These type of projects together, we're learning about each other and and learning how to work together um, and and learning each other's nuances. What what each what we each like or don't like and how we each like to be treated and don't like to be treated Um, as with any group setting, you know, you have your ups and downs. But we 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 keep coming out on top with with everything that we are doing and collaborating on. Um, we intend for <laughs> a very long time into the future, but uh, we have a pretty group, good group together and we work very well together. Uh, as you can see, we're doing on our, our, our experience volume two and, um, the, the work that we're doing, um, not only are we bonding with each other, but we're also connecting with other people and uh, in the community, um, other, um, you know the the the, the target uh, c- community that Asmara is trying to help and and elevate and project. Uh, we're connecting with people and and forming those bonds that are necessary in order to create a uh, an environment where everyone is is being uplifted and and seen and heard.
1: So someone who may be uh, really curious now and interested and maybe hearing about this project for the first time, uh, what exactly people can find in Volume 2 upcoming upcoming event? So what is the format and how... what kind of activities exactly or classes or topics they can, people who may be interested in participating may expect to see in, let's say volume two right now, upcoming one.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, so, um, as my experience, volume two
1: is, um,
0: a a series of workshop that we have workshops that we have put on, um, for February twenty-seventh. It uh we have three workshops, three two-hour workshops with um Sienna Ariel, Thelma Rose, and myself. Um Siena Ariel and Thelma Rose are fabulous dancers. Um they are professionals in their craft and I avi- admire both of them very much. Uh Sienna is t- teaching a, a workshop that uh you with the music and and movement um and and threading and fluidity and uh, she goes into she's going to go into detail about how to bring out more in your dance and um Thelma Rose will be doing one of her fabulous drum solos um I, and we actually released a sneak peek of it on our page on the Asmara page so if anyone wants to take a look at um Thelma Rose and what she will be bringing to the workshop, it's there for you to see. Um, uh, And I will be teaching a course for beginners. That's well, it will actually be geared towards beginners. Um, And it's more, and I'll be dancing to more of a um, Egyptian pop song. Uh, and, And the movement in this, Choreography will be a little bit at a a much slower pace than normal so that uh, people feel comfortable with the movement and um, connecting and muscle memory and things like that. But, um, yeah, we have uh, three workshops, three two-hour
1: workshops that are going on, and they start from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., so soon this upcoming events is coming like volume two. Uh, do you have already any plans or uh, possible dates for the volume three? So people can uh, maybe plan and um, look into it in advance. Uh, just because like these days are very close to the moment that we are recording and releasing. And some people may listen like really afterwards. But um, if you have any, you know, like tentative period of time that maybe uh, volume three may be coming up. So maybe you can uh, share a little bit when people can, uh, you know, like uh, start looking at dates and topics of workshops.
0: (laughs) So we, we do have an idea of um, our, when our next event will happen, but we don't have any specific dates. Um, But we do intend to do another um, workshop type event, um, in the summertime. Um, I can't really give you a definite date because we haven't fixed that yet, but when we're done with volume two, we're already starting to work on the next project. So we'll, um, probably release that date um, sometime in the near future because, you know, the summer's right around the corner and it's, it's time to start promoting for it even now.
1: hmm and it's probably will be announced also at uh, Just Peladen events. <laughs> of course,
0: yes ma'am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um well, I will also include all links, of course, in the show notes to this episode, so all listeners can um, go there and check the websites and keep an eye on upcoming like dates and posts. But um, I also want to slightly come back, because we shifted to your uh, projects, and we kind of, I feel, dropped... Uh, down a very interesting and important topic about like approach to dance and influence of Egyptian uh, specifically like way of dancing and I'm very curious to ask so your trip to Egypt your first trip to Egypt was 2015 you mentioned
0: Well, my, my first trip to egypt was actually in 1999
1: but right. i mean dance one they dance wise <laughs> sorry yes <Yeah>. that's important <laughs> important correction um but um in terms of your approach to dance um how did it change and um how did you find yourself, like, in what kind of relationship with dance you found yourself uh, in the beginning of lockdowns? Because I know for many people it was a very tough period that they kind of almost lost uh, enthusiasm or inspiration or motivation to, to dance, and they didn't know how to you know, like, how to deal, what to do, what for, and, and etc., and, um, for many people it took really long time to find this new groove, and some still are trying to find this new groove in this new environment, so I kind of shifted in terms of, like, your relationship with belly dance, in terms of how to approach it from point, like, of Egyptian culture, but in general, um, for you, the beginning of, uh, Lockdown. You mentioned it was very full of uh, taking classes. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of your own practice, were you focusing on just like, you know, taking classes as much as possible from different teachers and taking the benefit of uh, um, being able now to study? Or did you also somehow include it like, you know, your own? practice or you included dance in your daily or like not daily but maybe like uh like day to yeah or day-to-day life maybe not daily but you know like reoccurring <laughs> like uh, daily life um specifically in terms of this lockdown situation
0: so in the beginning uh, um I, uh, Well, actually, you know, it changes for me. There was never really a steady way of being with the lockdowns. I I never felt consistent throughout throughout the time. I had ups and downs. You know, sometimes it was, oh, my goodness, I have to take all of these classes. And, oh, my gosh, here's this. And I want to take that. and, And that's what I was doing and then there were periods where I didn't want to do anything at all because I got so burned out. So I think it's really important to um, gauge, or um, yeah, gauge yourself and um, and and not burn yourself out. Um, or even if you don't feel like dancing now, that's okay too. Um, you don't have to do it now if you don't feel like it. If life is not feeling like you should be dancing, I. I don't think anyone should feel bad for that. Um, but for me, uh, I've, I've had many ups and downs over the last 11 months of these lockdowns. Um, whether or not I did want to take, you know, a, a ton of courses or if I just wanted to take one w- once a month or whatever. For me, um, it's a little bit... Uh, it, it, it's a little bit uh, a, of a chaos in for me to constantly take, um, dance classes, um, just, you, you know, nonstop over and over because I do have another life. I have two children. I have two teenagers, uh, who I homeschool and, um, that takes up uh, a lot of my time. And it is also my, my major priority. um, but these lockdowns have affected us a lot there with that. Uh, but, you know, just having the the amount of responsibilities that I have on my plate kind of takes away from my ability to be able to constantly take, I have to really um, watch how much I throw myself into because I can easily go into a burnout very quickly. Uh, but, I I did find that the lockdown was extremely beneficial in accessibility to other dancers and instructors and um, and the reach of what we can uh, learn and do during these lockdowns, during these lockdowns increased exponentially. And I am grateful for that. But I also do know my limitations and pay attention to them.
1: Yeah, you also just reminded that, oh, it's already 11 months.
0: (laughs) Literally, less
1: than a month, it will be a year because it was in different countries starting, like, early, mid, end of March. Some countries were lucky, like, only beginning of April, but pretty much throughout the March, it was the beginning of, like, hard lockdowns. Uh, Yeah. Right. And the the hard part about what happened,
0: too, for me personally, is... um, in March, um, I had just started a new position, and we were in the middle of moving, and all of our stuff had gotten packed up and and put into storage crates, ready to get shipped to our new location. And then the lockdowns happened, and um, we were also you know preparing to sell our home, and everything just came to a screeching halt. So, <laughs> so and. It, it, we've been trying, we've been trying to sell our home for a very long time and we've been 11 months practically in an empty house with all of our stuff locked up in storage because of this pandemic. And it has been extremely tough. Um, it, it's it, the, the, a lot of my resources like my costumes and props and all of those things most of the all of those things are locked up in storage and they have been for 11 months so i've been trying to do what i can with what i have for all of this time um we we have our basic essentials with us right now but these lockdowns have been so hard and i'm i'm so glad that i'm still here and i'm still trying to have A positive attitude and push forward and and keep up with all of the projects so happy when all of this is over and um and and we can get back to some sense of um I don't even want to say normalcy because I don't even know what that looks like anymore (laughs) really
1: well we will discover a new one (laughs) What was that? We will discover a new one, a new one, new right. normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: because I, I can't, I cannot imagine us trying or, or or even going back to what we were used to doing. And sometimes I even ask myself, why weren't we doing Zoom online classes before? But what, what, what was stopping us? What? Is, why was this such an obstacle? You know, right now it seems so easy. And and I look back and I'm like, why why wasn't this a thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, pandemic for us to jump into this, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, and this is something that will definitely stay, uh, stay on. But it just, I was just thinking, it feels much longer than 11 months. It it does way longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it really does. I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes already yes yeah <laughs> like different phases of life just through this pandemic um but 2020 will definitely be a memorable year I think for everyone um but it, it, it's a story that I, it's, I my my family and I will have plenty of stories to tell down the road about 2020 <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true I remember I was joking recently like I remember in January like right after new year everyone like ah, oh, I feel 2020 will be so special it just like feels so incredibly special I remember everyone including me I was like oh my god it does feels and then indeed it was a very special year <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah,
0: more than we could imagine right <laughs> yes
1: yes <laughs> well, before I ask you our, our final summary question, uh, first of all, thank you for taking time and uh uh, joining us today and sharing uh, your uh, a little bit of your story i know like i can't believe we are already like chatting for an hour because i know we only scratched a little surface but uh thank you for sharing like some very valuable and uh, inspiring uh, memories and shifts for you that was very very really beautiful to to, to hear and uh, thank you for opening <laughs> and and putting it out and I also want to ask you where our listeners can uh, follow your activities like we already know about um, just Ballot Dance events website and the smart initiative uh, Dance initiative website so links will be in the show notes but personally for your activities do you have any uh, favorite social media or any other way that you share your dance uh discoveries and expo- explorations with uh, other people
0: <laughs> uh yeah so i i am on instagram and facebook um at hasna belly dance uh that's my handle at hasna belly dance you can find me on both of them um and those are really the main two that I'm on. Uh, I'm on Instagram more than I am on the fa- on Facebook. But uh, um, even my Instagram, I'm a, I, I, I'm not on there so much. I may need to um, increase my traffic on there. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me if you if you ever want to connect. I'm there. Uh, I, I'd be happy to follow back. If, if you follow me, <laughs> uh, I'd love to connect to, with people out there and, and, and see the beautiful creativity that everyone has.
1: Hmm. Well, I will include, uh, uh, links in the show notes and, uh, I guess, uh, uh, soon you'll have many accounts to, to follow back. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you. And I would love to uh, sum up our conversation with our traditional question. I don't know if you ever heard it before or not, uh, but the question sounds, uh, this is the question that I ask every single guest, uh, uh, regardless of what we talked during the conversation, uh, during the interview, and the question sounds like this. What makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years the music <laughs> the music yes
0: um and i i've always had a love affair with dance um from a young age and um dancing and connecting with music is what it is for me um Dance is actually therapy for me. Uh whenever I feel like things are getting too much or I feel extremely overwhelmed or I feel like I have a ton of energy, that's where I turn to. Um is is dancing, but um yeah, the, the uh, there's that that's a loaded question really because there's a lot that really connects me with belly dance, it's not really just a one-stop answer, but um, the, the thing that um, keeps me coming back more and more is connecting with music and movement. Um, and, uh, you know, just learning new things, period. I'm a very inquisitive person. Uh, I like to research. Um, I I have a mind that never stops. Unfortunately, that, that might be my vice versus my virtue, but... Um, I just love le- learning new things. It's never ending. Um, so uh, the culture, the dance, the music, everything um, brings me back all the time. It, everything about it is beautiful and I can't see it any other way.
1: That's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who's listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.